This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello, it's me, Jan. Listener, come here, you found me here behind the lines and in the pages of my book. What day is it who gives a fuck? Thanks so much for supporting me. And by subscribing to this extra bonus content, you're going to hear all about the stories and the secrets and the feelings and the people that are behind the lines and amongst the pages of my little yellow book of poems. I wanted to read you this poem called Sufficiently Adequate and it's from the love section of the book. Dinner times in our house in Tala in the 80s, they mostly looked like this. Me and my brother Alan sitting in the living room watching Grange Hill or He-Man. It was depending on kind of who won control of the telly box. Our dinner was served to us in our very favourite bowls. They were Tupperware. His was blue, mine was pink. And we usually would have a little fight over the good spoon which was the one that had kind of like flowers on it. We shoveled our grub into our gobs and we always, always watched the telly. My dad, he'd eat his in the front room too, especially when the dinner coincided with the news. There was a nest of tables and we were like three bears. You know them tables that I think every house had in the 80s? There was a big one a middle one and a baby one. So dad had his plate on the big one. My plate was on the middle one and my brother had the small one. And it was only about the size of an A4 page. So he could barely fit his plate and he definitely couldn't fit his drink on it. His drink was usually on the floor. And as we got older, our dinner time started to look a little bit different. So we sat around the kitchen table. But we didn't all do it at once. My dad would eat when he came in from work. I'd sit down when I got in from secondary school or college or just hanging out with my mates. And my brother Alan, well, he'd sit down, he'd devour his food after he'd washed all the garage oil and the grease and the dirt and the remains of his working day from under his nails and off his face. And my mum would sit with all of us at each sitting. So at all three sitting, she'd sit there and she'd offer us cups of tea or drinks or more food or do you want any red sauce or do you want brown sauce with that? I don't ever actually remember her eating with us but she was very definitely present at the table. We took our knives and forks as we needed them like when we needed them from the drawer and if there was a paper on the table we might even just read it all under my mum's gaze but in silence. Dad He'd regularly take his plate of food along with my brother and they'd eat in the front room. They'd have their plates on their laps or on the nest of tables so they could watch the match. My dad still does that today. When we got a portable telly in the kitchen, well then we could all eat together at the table. We never waited for all of the plates to be laid and we still don't because if your plate of food was put down in front of you, well, you just had to eat. And if you weren't eating, my mum would be like, is there something wrong with that? In 2003, I met Austin, who would go on to become my husband. And he was from Port Marnock. 
and I can still hear my friends and my aunties when they'd ask me, was I doing a line? And then when they'd say, where is he from? And I'd say Port Marnock and they go, ooh, like I was kind of punching above my weight. And anyway, when I was invited to finally meet his mom, Cecilia, in her house in County Clare, I was nervous. And naturally, I wanted to make a good impression. You'll definitely hear more about Cecilia in future episodes, listener, because I've written about her so much. And she's actually in the pages of the book many times. And more recently this year, I actually wrote a new poem about her, which I shared with Maya Dunphy. And we had a little chat about it on one of the episodes of the podcast. So I hope you enjoy that. Anyway, dinner in Ballyvaughan with Cecilia and Austin, it was really different to dinner in my mum and dad's in Tala. The telly was off, for starters. Actually, I don't even think there was a telly in Cecilia's house now that I think of it, but there wasn't a radio on, it was silent. And we three all sat waiting at the table until the plates were placed in front of us before we could start. So you wouldn't start eating unless everybody had their plates in front of them. And I always felt a little bit like Eliza Doolittle in those early days because I wasn't really sure what fork to use because there was like three different types of cutlery and I definitely used big words and I definitely tried to put my best poshy voice on. And after we'd had our three courses, Cecilia always asked, have you had an adequate sufficiency? Now, I didn't have a fucking clue what she was talking about. And I never really knew what she meant, but I always just said, yeah. And Austin told me that that was her way of asking, was I full? Did I want any more? Anyway, one time we'd finished our dinner and I announced very proudly, I'm sufficiently adequate. Now, no one corrected me. And me and Austin actually laughed later at how I kind of messed up the words because I was trying to impress her. I mean, it wasn't the first time that I'd messed up words, but... I have to admit, I did feel a bit embarrassed and I've never really forgotten it. And I think the embarrassment caused me never to forget it, but also because I've come to realise that I am. I'm sufficiently adequate. That I'm okay. That I don't need to have manners and graces or big words to be just right. That I'm good enough. Cecilia died earlier this year and I sat with her on the Sunday before she passed away and I read her the poem again and I told her the story that inspired it. I suppose I read it to her that day kind of as a bit of a love song because she never really knew what it was about. But you know what? She never made me feel like Eliza Doolittle. She never made me feel that I needed to be something that I wasn't. I felt that way about myself. And so listener... If you think that there's people around you who need you to be something that you're not or who need you to dress in a certain way or talk a certain way or read certain books or eat certain foods to be with them, well, you don't need to do anything to yourself to be loved or to give love. And if you think you're not enough, give yourself a break. You're sufficiently adequate too. You are. You're grand. I'm sufficiently adequate. I think you will see that I'll do. You will never find anyone better than me. 
and I won't love no one like I love you. Thanks for listening. You can get a new episode of Everybody is a Poem fortnightly wherever you get your podcasts and you can support me further by subscribing to the Headstuff Plus community. You can find out more at headstuffpodcasts.com forward slash register. See you soon. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.